There's power in a drum beat on a hill above the sea. Power in the voice of us, the corner. But it all amounts to nothing. Together we don't sing. Welcome to the Loyal Locals Podcast. I'm your host, Andrew Dyer, uh, back at it for another week of discussing the team that doesn't exist, but we actually do have a lot of things to talk about. Uh, There's some things going on in the group, a big meeting tomorrow, and um, we are looking for a new name for this podcast, so we're going to solicit suggestions there. Um, There is local soccer news we're going to touch upon and um whatever else uh comes up uh but uh let's bring on producer john cross john did i did i do it right is that is that what we're talking about today i i think you pretty much covered it that's pretty good yeah great great yeah i've been uh totally uh disconnected from the the soccer world um because i've been playing this game uh, called Alan Wake 2 and it's like this conceptual detective mystery where like you play this writer and then you play this uh, cop who might be just a character in the writer's story you don't really know anyway it's very engrossing and uh, a lot of fun and really kind of consuming um, a lot of my uh, free time in the last few days um, what have you been up to uh, well, I don't know if you can see behind me. My my studio here is a little bit of a mess because I'm there's no tapes on this. But I've been doing a lot of digitizing and archiving of some old eight millimeter and super eight millimeter films and videotapes, and that's been uh, taking up a lot, a lot of my time. It's very time and labor intensive. You know, I together. I have been similarly productive i know it sounds like i'm just gaming but um i have been uh taking video of uh my kids high school soccer games and then like trying to pull highlights which is incredible i don't know if you've ever watched high school soccer but it's incredibly difficult to like pull highlights from because it's bad uh high school soccer is terrible and uh you really just get a bunch of uh i've seen it called uh, derisively online jungle ball where kids are really just kicking the ball in the air and then chasing it down. And uh, it's not uh, the beautiful game at all times, but uh, I am trying to be the good soccer dad and, and find the, the gems in there, uh, which, you know, as you know, can be pretty time consuming. It can be. Yes. <laughs> Very much so. All right, so let's hit on this. Um, let's hit on the the uh, SG stuff first because I know there's a leadership meeting tomorrow, right? Tomorrow, correct. This is the last leadership meeting of the calendar year. That is correct, and we have uh, quite a bit that will be on the agenda. So hopefully there'll be some news at 
you know, for our next show on Tuesday, but maybe some things will be out in Discord. I, it depends what we talk about, but I mean, we're, we're running out of time here. We've got elections that need to happen and we have memberships for whatever those are going to look like. Those need to happen as we get ready into our next year and, and just solidifying our path a little more. Like we said before, we set a bit of a direction to head towards SDFC as well as, you know, work better with other supporter groups in our region in San Diego. And we, we need to really define what that looks like. So there, there's a quite a large agenda um, from my understanding. And then we'll, we'll see what happens. Hopefully we'll have. Is it like a, like an omnibus bill? I don't know what that is, but I like the sound. (laughs) I like the word omnibus. Sounds like an old uh, British documentary series from the 80s, right? The, the omnibus. There are there are a, a few things that are pending. I know I have some stuff up there. And I have a series of things, but it kind of depends how the first thing goes on whether the others will be applicable or not to just kind of help our direction. So we'll see. This we'll is see like some happens. inside the beltway stuff because I know we don't really talk about like the government of the locals, right? I don't think people come here for that sort of uh, information, Probably but not. But there is a lot of important things that go on uh, behind the scenes to make the group function, right? Like the it's a nonprofit, Correct. and there's uh, responsibilities in in these leadership roles that uh, are are defined and have to you know be done a certain way. Right. And this is what we're asking people to step up and do as we move ahead. And um, yeah, I think it takes a certain type of person to be willing to do that. And um, if you, uh, if you have your shit together, please uh, (laughs) come and help out. (laughs) And it, it takes, I mean, you bring up a good point. There are a lot of things that need to be done behind the scenes. I mean, even more than, drum circles and helping arrange EFO choreography and you mean you know, painting. Can't just show up and drink beer. There's you can, that okay. is an option. Okay. A lot of people do that. Um, but there is, there's work and there's some work that needs to be done on a legal and fiscal kind of level for how we're organized. And there's work that, you know, the amazing work that a lot of people do with all our fun stuff, right. That, that, so that we can, for those of us who want to, or maybe want to for a game, you know, not do some of those things, just show up and have a beer and hang out with people and chant and drum and sing. But there's there's always stuff that needs to be done in the background to help make all that a success. And there, there are big things and there are little things. And the more people we can get involved in some of that background stuff, the more we can do for one, and the easier it just is on everyone. So there's not just, you know, a handful of people who end up carrying the brunt of the of the work in the background. Sure, sure. And um, so uh, the speaking of uh, these, all of the work that goes into a supporter group. Um, so I know that when because I watched your uh, documentary from a few years ago about the founding of the locals, I know that um, a lot of the stuff that went into our founding, uh, there are our founding fathers and mothers um, 
in the uh, sacred constitution and bylaws of the locals. A lot of this stuff was inspired, much like uh, our, you know, our own constitution being inspired by, uh, you know, the work of these British academics and so forth. Our uh, locals bylaws were inspired by those of 3252, which is the supporter group for the Los Angeles football club who were in the MLS finals. Uh, now, I don't care about MLS, the game, what happened on the field. Somebody won the finals, I'm sure. But what is interesting is that in the conference finals uh, in LA, uh, the supporter group uh, lit off a bunch of flares. Uh, which looks incredible uh, in that supporter section where you have all the flares. They did this last year with the uh, Naruto Dragon Ball Z guy and all the fire behind it. it was incredible last year. It was incredible this year, but there was something different about this year. Uh, can you maybe explain for the folks what I'm talking about? Yeah, well, this is, I mean, I think this brings up so many overlapping conversations but last year and and i don't know exactly what happened behind the scenes but in general lafc during the finals did a tifa with flares and even by don garber publicly through social media were praised for it then they do a tifo this time around with flares and you know now the club is fined hundred thousand dollars and they have suspended some of the rights of the supporter group for home matches and i don't know what that means or what the details are um i don't know if that'll all be resolved by the time next year rolls around you know this might just be a bunch of nothing really other than the fine for the club but i think this brings up like there's been let me back up there's been a ton of conversation on social media about this and i think some of the problems with some of these conversations is people are coming at it from all different standpoints. You know, there's well, yeah, there's fans the of other of, clubs were, were super excited to see them get fined. Like, oh, awesome! MLS is trying to stamp out uh, supporter culture. Um, this is good. Screw LAFC. Like it was like partisan, and they, like you're not my club, so I want bad things to happen to you. Right. I mean, you get some of that. You get the people who want to see some exciting, I'll call it innovative, but maybe a little more innovative for MLS because you don't always see it all the time, not necessarily for around the world. But there are some supporter groups that would like to do some more creative things with their opening match, I'll call it choreography for lack of a better word, whether it's a TIFO or things in the stands or any combination of those things. And I think you know, if you ask a lot of supporter groups, they feel a little handcuffed by some of the rules for supporters with Major League Soccer. You know, and these are some of the conversations we would like to have with SDFC to figure out what exactly are these parameters. Yes, MLS has their, you know, rules. Anybody can see them and go online, but like, what else? Is there anything else we need to know about? But I think that argument about the choreography also gets lost in, you know, the idea of an open road flare, an incendiary device. Because if you look at it, you know, from the other lens, we know we have intoxicated people in stands. And if we're going to start handing out incendiary devices to people, I mean, that's 
that's a recipe for someone to get hurt. So then you have some people who are arguing from that side, and, and I think people are arguing different points. There is a safety issue, but instead of just, I, I think too many times we make these binary conversations, it's right or it's wrong, or they should do it or they shouldn't do it. Instead of trying to have a conversation, if someone wants to try to do something like this, how could we do it? Because there has to be a pathway. There's always a pathway that you can do it if people are willing to work towards that. Um, but I, I think, you know, like you said, you get opposing supporter groups that are just happy that they got fined, you know, because it's, it's the other team and not thinking about the bigger ramifications or, or other supporter groups unhappy or I guess happy they're fined because they would also like to do something and they just would like to know where the line is. I mean, mm -hmm. When you have the commissioner one year say, wow, amazing work, you know, before the MLS Cup in 2022 and now in a semifinal match, it happens. And then a few days later, your club's fined $100,000 for, for a little inconsistent, basically the same thing is a little different. Again, I don't know all the specifics. Maybe they had stuff approved last time and they didn't this time. Maybe they just assumed it was it was okay. I don't know. Maybe they just decided to give a big middle finger to MLS and Don Garber and say, we're going to do it anyway. I, I don't know. I don't know any of the specifics around it. Um, but I do know there's a lot of people who'd like to get more creative with their choreography. And that's, again, a conversation we'd like to have with SDFC is what are those parameters? What are we allowed to do or not do? What I mean, what is your line? Is, you know, the key to growing uh, Major League Soccer fandom in the U.S. Because there's a ton of Premier League Soccer fandom. There's a ton of uh, Liga MX fandom in the United States. But MLS lags those leagues, right? Like, if you really want to uh, grow MLS fandom in the U.S., the most, like first thing you have to do is stamp out the most passionate supporters you have. You want to demoralize and uh, make sure that they feel uh, the most put upon, uh, the most constrained. Um, you want to make sure that you tamp out the most enthusiastic of your fans. That way the product looks generic and stale and that brings in uh, a lot more support for, for, uh, you know, major league soccer. I think there are some people who actually think that way. Well, there's a, there is a, there is this thing where it's like the, um, the imaginary middle, right? Like, like in, in, in the world of politics, right? Like you have, right. uh, people who are convinced that there is some kind of middle ground, there is some kind of uh, group of people who you can get if you just uh, make the edges look a little smoother and you make the most uh, robust and uh, colorful parts of whatever you are dulled down enough to appeal to the most, you know, middle brow, vanilla, uh, basic, basic uh, consumer, right? You're trying to capture uh, people who drive silver Toyota Camrys, right? Like no offense to anybody. Uh, they're great cars, great color, but you know what I mean? Like you are looking for the, the vanilla, the beige, the uh, uh, people who are not, you know, 
who could be turned off by a, a robust or, vi or violent or vibrant uh, supporter culture, um, which I think is incredibly, well, I think it's wrong, first of all. I'm no, no surprise here. Because when you look at the thing that gets people excited whenever they see pictures from, uh, you know, these leagues in South America and these leagues in Europe where supporters are doing the most incredible creative things with their rituals, with their pregame TIFOs, um, and it is inspiring and people who are not soccer people will share those photos uh, around on their social media. Like, wow, you know, look at this. This is incredible. Like, because it has that ability and it, and it is, you know, from the fans and it's what, it's the thing that makes this game unique from all the other sports. You don't get that in the NBA. You don't get that in the NFL. You know, in the NFL, you get this terrible corporate, you know, uh, uh, fan experience. You go to an NFL game and they stop the game every five minutes to go to a commercial. Uh, you know, being at an NFL game is, to me, a nightmare. It's, it's got to be the worst in-stadium fan experience in, in pro sports, like, period. Because you really are there as a uh, to make it look good on TV. <laughs> You're, the, the product on the field is not for the enjoyment of the people in the stands. Whereas football, soccer really is, you know, you, you don't break, you don't take a break at all. There's no timeout. There's no TV commercials. Like it really is uh, about the experience in the stadium. And yeah, I, I don't know. Um, maybe I'm way off. Maybe they've got reams of uh, consumer research that says, you know, the, the more like the NFL we can get, you know, maybe in some fantasy world, uh, we can grow this league to be as big as the NFL. But I think they're totally missing the boat here. Uh, you, the one thing that you have that none of the other pro sports have is supporter culture. The one thing you have that nobody else have has is this, uh, this organic fan driven machine that will just happen. If you let it happen, you know, if you let your most passionate fans be creative and do the things that supporter groups around the world do, you're already doing something that is lacking in every other pro sport. Like why do you want to be like everybody else when you can be something uh, incredible and unique? I, I say it to everyone that I get a chance who, who will listen to me. It, I think it comes down to community. It always comes down. That That's what you get in soccer. That's what you get with supporter groups. You get a strong sense of community. And whether it's doing the opening game choreography or chanting throughout the game, you were building and strengthening that community around that team. And that can grow beyond just a supporter group and, and entail your community that you live in. And this is, I mean, this ultimately gets the difference between kind of the franchise model, or it's not even truly a franchise model in MOS, <laughs> um, and clubs, more traditional clubs, because they are deep rooted in their community. I hear people talk about, oh, they have all this history. Yes, they do, but it's not as much about the overall history, which is a strong part, but it's that deep sense of community that they have, you know, and the, those teams. And I think what frustrates me the most about Major League Soccer is it's 
um, I was going to say lack of will, but almost a determination against that community. Like, like you said, kind of going for the, the average fan. And to me, that average fan's going to come and go. They'll be there sometimes. It's, it's the messy effect. The average fan is showing up for messy to watch messy, but you're not seeing the strengthening of communities around each of these teams. In fact, because of the raising of the ticket prices, you are negatively impacting the communities that have been built up around these existing teams. And I think that's, that's the piece that Major League Soccer overlooks completely, is, is building strong communities around those teams and, and letting that grow and be built up organically and partly, I think you alluded to it before, I think they're afraid of that because that mm -hmm. takes away some power and control right. that they have. Yeah, I think there and, are people who are fans, you know, certainly uh, I, I'm, I'm, this is true for me. Like one thing that got me so into soccer is that it's not the NFL. Um, it's, it's like the antithesis of the NFL, you know, just the fact that you can just watch the game. And not be bombarded by moronic commercials every two minutes. I mean, it drives me nuts. I I don't watch a lot of NFL anymore, but when I do, it kills me. I'm so I guess maybe I'm spoiled from you know streaming and yes, I, I pay more so I don't have to watch commercials on Hulu and all that because I freaking hate them. I hate them. Um, but uh it's it's I think to put a bow on this little segment is I'd say we are on the side of 3252. I think that is a safe uh, thing to say. <laughs> we are team 3252, not team MLS on, on this one. Yeah. I just, for me, especially that sense of community, um, but in keeping the bow on it and not opening it back up and doing a little, I guess, local slash SDFC news, since we've talked about that a little bit, mentioned last podcast that it was looking like there were going to be some events in December, or at least one event uh, for all the December membership. to remember uh, supporter event. Yeah, not apparently not happening. Uh, sounds like it got pushed back to at least January. Um, partly, I think, because it was so close to Christmas Day. It was like the 21st or something is the date they were looking at. I think they just got feedback from a lot of people saying, that's just, you're going to have a hard time pulling people in so it looks like now it's moving towards some sometime in january so keep your ears out for that um there will be a leadership one i think still my understanding is there will be a leadership some some members of locals leadership will meet with leadership of the other sgs um, at some some kind of function this month so we have we have that going on as well and i'm trying to see if there's Anything else specific? Oh, um, a drum circle is likely to happen in January as well to start some initial practice for figuring out what the chants are going to be for the new team. Hmm. That's uh, it, it's interesting. We had uh, similar things ahead of Loyal starting up and uh, the number of people. I mean, this, this is obvious. Maybe I'm just saying something that's very obvious, but the number of people that uh, show up at these uh, preseason drum circles versus the number of people who show up uh, on game day uh, expecting, <laughs> wanting to play drums. It's 
it's funny. I don't know. It maybe not maybe uh, not uh, funny, but um, it, it is predictable. So, I, I if you want to do this, if you want to get involved in it, um, come to the preseason stuff because you know it's not a lot of people go. So you can meet uh, you can meet the other people that are committed and and who are going to be uh, you know a real a real part of uh, whatever is going on. Um, I, I do want to talk a little bit about some local uh, soccer because uh, I think we have uh, a championship to to talk about. We have a new national champion, yes. So congratulations to Point Loma Nazarene. Their women's team won the Division II national championship over the weekend. Incredible. I don't know if anybody had the chance to catch the game either. I don't. I think it was televised somewhere somehow uh, at least that's what i heard i did not see it i've seen some highlights on social media so congratulations to them for taking home the division two national championship listen it's no small thing i know uh a lot of people their uh, ideas of college sports um is d1 or, or nothing right and i, I gotta just say like in soccer like that is not not the case. There are uh, a lot of Division One programs, especially on the women's side. You know, your top D two women's programs are going to just run over probably half of the Division One programs out there. Um, there is some really good soccer in the lower divisions uh, in in college. It's not uh, it's not like college football where you have these cupcake teams in the lower divisions. Uh, Soccer is a much more egalitarian sport, and uh, these programs at smaller schools can really uh, get some good players and, and have some great results on the field. So uh, it's no small feat for Point Loma. And plus, I don't know if you've been to their soccer field. Incredible. Just incredible. It's right there, like on the cliff. On the cliff, oh, yeah, it's beautiful. It is incredible, yeah. I had some former players that uh, played there. Actually, one was playing there, their brother was playing somewhere else, and the brother's team came down to play Point Wilma, so I went out to watch. And It's the first time I had been out there, and it's absolutely gorgeous. I mean, what a location for a field. Yeah, it's, it's, it's uh, enough to make you want to uh, 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 convert to Catholicism and, and <laughs> hit a point. I, you don't have to be a Catholic to go to these schools. I, I always... I have a friend who is not Catholic. He's sending his kids to one of these uh, Catholic high schools. And every time I see him, I ask him how, uh, how the conversion's going and just kind of a running gag. Um, <laughs> but uh, let's stay on the coast. Let's go up the coast a little bit to, to Monterey Bay. We do have some loyal player news. Uh, a couple players from the team are moving up there. Yeah, Guzman is up there, and then Xavi got signed up there. So uh, hopefully he'll continue scoring goals in Monterey Bay. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I think Frank Yallop is a good coach for him. I think that will be a good experience and get him to grow. It sounds like they would like to um, get him in the rotation more than he had with San Diego Oil. I mean, he... Good thing and bad thing for him, he got a lot of great people to learn from. We had some good, experienced players ahead of him in, in midfield. I mean, four solid midfielders. Mm -hmm. 
Um, but he might get his time to shine in the USL championship this next season. So we have a uh, super fan, Dan, for all those who know super fan Dan up in Monterey, he has extended an invitation that they will welcome any locals to come up there and watch a match and cheer on some former loyal players. Yeah. It's a great way to kind of stay, uh, stay connected to these guys. Um, if you're not in the discord, um, uh, one of the, mem- one of our members, uh, Corbin has, uh, taken it upon himself to track every player who has ever worn Tory and some who never did because it was like the first two years when we didn't have it. Uh, everyone, if you want to find out where these guys have gone on to, uh, he's got a database, a spreadsheet that is just on discord. You can check up on all of your favorite players or not so favorite players and, and see where they're at now. And um, I think there are some, there's a few players that haven't been announced yet from the squad. Some team one guys who are probably landing somewhere, but uh, that information isn't public yet. So um, there is more to come there. So uh, yeah, I'm excited to see where everybody goes and uh, you know, have continued success. I'd like to see some of these guys uh, win a cup wherever they go yeah it's uh it'll definitely keep me you know keep Unless my ear to phoenix. the ground for for a usl championship i don't think any of our guys went to phoenix right nobody's going to, nobody's going to rising i don't i don't think anybody has Probably I, not. I will i will say yes because i don't know anything i'm not saying that that is something that's coming but i mean <coughs> i would be surprised if nobody did you know with with all the teams and players we have and mm-hmm. um teams pick up we have good players and there's good players right. to pick up so i maybe they've tried i don't know i mean you're you're um, dead to me if you do so just kind of, i know you <laughs> i know uh my opinion is one that uh players are very concerned with but uh there's a lot of teams in usl you don't got to go to that one Right. I, I would like to give a quick shout out again to Puma. Um, we did last week as well, but we're still moving forward on this possible 2024 locals kit with MTS branding on the front. So um, it was kind of a, I think, a hope and a prayer a little bit to see what happened at first. And it looks like there's some progress being made. So that, that might, That's... You know, we'll see. We're still a long way from from pulling the trigger, but but it's moving forward. So there hasn't been shut down. So um that's we'll super cool going with that. And, uh, that would be, that would be cool if we could do something. And a lot of the talk on discord also, not just maybe MTS, if we get them, but cycle through some, some San Diego organizations, some good things that we could do to maybe do a front of the kit. I'll call it sponsor, but we're not looking for money from any of these people. Like we, we'd like to, you know, work with them to do it as a sponsor to, help promote any of these um, San Diego organizations. Sure, sure. You do have to be careful. Um, I don't know if you saw, I posted in Discord a a story out of San Antonio, um, a local kind of artist uh, designs jerseys, much like our own. Uh, Corbin likes to to mock up jerseys, and and I think he's had a lot of success in contests, right? But... um, there's another artist in San Antonio who does the same thing. He 
made a fan jersey for the San Antonio Spurs featuring the colors of a local chain of uh, restaurants called Fred's Fish Fry. And uh, people really were excited about this this jersey. Uh, the colors are it, it, it was just so well done. It went viral on that part of the internet on on Twitter. And the owners of Fresh Fred's Fish Fry sued the young artist. Um, not only did they sue, so this guy works at a food truck. He works at a food truck. That's his job. That's how he makes his money. He does this jersey design like on the side as a hobby. Fred's Fish Fry, not only do they sue the, the guy, they sue the owner of the food truck who has nothing to do with the jersey, with any of this, just happens to be the employer of the guy. And so uh, he fires him. He, he fires the guy. It's a, a headache. Like, I don't need this negative publicity. So take a hike. And uh, just a really kind of a shitty story for one, um, because, you know, whether he's breaking any laws or not is irrelevant. Uh, anybody can sue anybody for any reason in the U.S. court system. And it's on you to defend yourself. And if it is frivolous, get that thing thrown out, which is going to cost you money Um now, there are some states that have these anti-slap laws to you know, mitigate some of these abusive lawsuits. But, you know, a wealthy person uh, can afford to just file lawsuits left and right. But, uh, you know, a food truck owner, uh, a food truck employee, maybe uh, that threat of a, a lawsuit is enough to uh, scare them away. And um, it wasn't just a threat. The the suit was filed in, in, in court. So. Uh, just a, a really crappy story, but um, also one to remind people to, uh, you know, cover your ass when it comes to IP, because uh, there are some litigious people in this country. Yeah, and I think just in general, you you ought to reach out like there's no way we should ever just throw somebody's logo on our shirt and, and run with it. Um Plus, there's partnerships we can build and, and work with them. So I have no idea what happened. I read the article, um, but I, I had so many questions after reading it <laughs> that weren't answered. I just was curious how it came about or if anybody ever reached out to anybody else to try to find a solution or if it was just, you know, that's it. We're suing. Yeah, yeah. No, it, was, it wasn't that long ago that uh, the, the jersey went around uh, the viral. So, like, yeah, it seems to be... I mean, it's not like the guy threw the logo on the jersey. It's just like the color scheme and some design elements. It's uh, it, it hinted to it. Probably not uh, under like, you know, for art, you know, an artist does have a lot of room to be inspired and reinterpret things. But whenever you uh, then turn around and make money, it becomes a lot more complicated, but I doubt that this thing had has much uh, merit to it. But it doesn't matter. <laughs> you, you you can bully people out of it if you've got the the resources to do it. Um. So uh, to to move on, um, what is coming up for us this show this 
podcast, the Loyal Locals podcast, uh, the Loyal gone uh, for all intents and purposes. Uh, the podcast remains and will continue. Uh, what's the rest of the year look like? Are we going to have another show before the uh, turn of the calendar? And um, yeah. what are we doing about this name? We will have uh, one more show. And then we will be taking a winter break for I don't know how long. Kind of depends on some things here, but at least a week. Um, because the show after next week would be the 26th. And then, you know, and then we're talking... I don't know, second of January or something. So we we might take a couple weeks off here and then resume that second week of January. But next week should be a big show, I imagine, because all the stuff that we decide on in Congress, um, I'm sure some things will start to come out in Discord as we um, go through the week. But... Uh, I'm sure there's a lot of things we'll be covering because there'll be election stuff to talk about. There's, uh, I, I'm guessing there's going to be memberships. There's going to be a whole bunch of things that we need to talk about, and especially leave people with uh, before we take our two-week break and head into January where we should be doing our elections. So next show should be, should be a big one. And I'd like to come back to something that, uh, oh, that... Jeff had said, this is actually one of the things that I am hoping to change a little more. I will be vocal about this. I think our membership should have easier access to the things that happen in Congress because this is your group, right? So you, you should have some insight of what's happening in Congress. So hopefully that's one of the things we will clean up and straighten up as we move into the next year. So I... Guessing Jeff mentioned that as a joke. I hope so. Um, but yes, I I really hope that as we move forward, we can be more transparent about the ins and outs and what's happening in Congress. Um, so people are aware of some things ahead of time. We can actually have some discussion sometimes ahead of time before we have our meetings. Yeah, you guys should start uh, following the Brown Act and just uh, posting your... Uh the agenda is 72 hours for the meeting, um, allowing public comment. <laughs> you could have a, uh, uh, you could stream it. Um, we can have, we can invite the, uh, the folks, uh, the COVID anti-mask people to come in and, and, uh, and scream <laughs> at y'all. And the, uh, you know, there, there's a lot of uh, fun to be had. Well, except for your last item there, those <laughs> are some things that are under consideration moving forward. So we could do more both official listening sessions for members as well. Um, so kind of like a public comments area at a, at a traditional meeting. Um, and, you know, whether we record them or not, you know, th those are all things that are up in the air for a discussion. But I, I would like to see more transparency moving forward from our Congress. It sounds like a platform for somebody who uh, might be running for uh, some leadership positions. I don't know, John. Do you, is, is there some kind of announcement you would like to make on on the show today? <laughs> are you are you uh, throwing your hat in the ring for higher office? Uh, I well, um, I'd like to be clear. No, I'm not throwing <laughs> my hat in for any higher office. Um, 
but one of the things up for discussion is is restructuring our um, leadership. So could there be something I might be interested in doing? Possibly. It depends on what happens at the meeting and the restructuring. And hopefully, you know, depending what happens, I, I, that piece needs to get decided on whether we're even going to restructure anything at all or not in order to know what we need to do for elections. So if we're just keeping everything the same, it's easy to do the elections. We know exactly what the positions are. But if we start making some changes, then we need to understand, okay, then how does this impact what we need for the upcoming elections? So those are those are some big discussions that will be happening at Congress. All right. So if you are uh, not in Discord, uh, I invite you to please get in there, um, join the community and, and the conversation, and whatever comes out of that meeting will probably be discussed in Discord before next Tuesday's podcast. Um, but if you don't, or if you, um, even if you do join us next week for our last show, uh, maybe of the year, definitely before the, the holiday and, um, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see y'all. We'll see y'all again. All right. Good night, everyone. Can